Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today Members Podcast on Friday, 23rd of June. General advice only, not to be confused with advice suited to your own personal financial circumstances. It almost certainly isn't. And very excited. Today, we have a new website launching on Sunday. I will be busy, busy, busy on Sunday, making sure it doesn't look silly and that the content is all up to date. But bear with us if you do see a new homepage on Sunday. And if the content looks a little bit out of date or odd, we are in the process of making it look fresh and sexy. We'll sort it out, I'm sure, over the next few days. But look out for that on Sunday. New homepage. Okay, I'm not quite sure what's going on in the market. We fell 110 points yesterday. We should have only fallen 10 points according to the futures in the morning. And Wall Street certainly hasn't had a significant enough wobble to warrant us losing 120 points yesterday. And then, having opened quite benignly this morning, we've lost another 62 points and we're still going down. So, as I've written in my section today, sometimes... Things happen that you can't entirely explain. The most obvious explanation Henry and I can come up with, unless there is something going on we haven't worked out, and I certainly don't think it's the dictator comment yesterday, as some commentators are blaming it all on, and I don't think it's the Powell testimony. Most of that was reasonably dovish and taken quite positively. Henry and I think it is a end of financial year rebalancing of some portfolio by some fund manager somewhere. Henry and I have both worked on the institutional side of broking and I can tell you and he can tell you that there are just some days where somebody in your office is suddenly writing a heck of a lot of red tickets or blue tickets because the institution that they're dealing with is doing something and if you want to understand why they are doing it you really have to go ask the individual fund manager or sit in the asset allocation meeting of that fund manager six days out from the end of the financial year to work out why exactly they've decided to sell a whole bunch of equities. And in the absence of knowing that, all the guesswork being done by stock market commentators is simply wasted time. What we might have on our hands is some major institution has either made an asset allocation decision, and that could be an institution like Fidelity or BlackRock although they tend to be quite passive, but it could be an institution sitting in a skyscraper in New York or in their head of investment office in Singapore or the UK or even Australia. You just don't know. It could also be because some institution has lost a fund and usually or often when a fund manager loses a mandate, they might cash the whole thing out in order to hand the cash on to or back to the fund, not the fund manager, the fund. So lots of fund managers run money for, say, industry funds. And they might lose the mandate and the money therefore might get, or the holdings might get cashed up and handed back to the fund manager to hand on to another, not the fund manager, the fund in order to hand on to another fund manager. So it might be a change of fund manager. And the end of the financial year is the sort of time that that sort of event could happen. In other words, you've got a contract until the end of the financial year 2023. And after that, it's expired and maybe someone got noticed that they are not having their contract renewed. Who knows what it is, but as Henry and I will tell you, sometimes you're sitting in a broking office and some institution somewhere just decides to sell a lot of stuff. And all the traditional newspaper, not newspaper, stock market commentary. And one of the the sort of jokes of the finance industry is that 
We cannot go for one minute without explaining every move in the index in some logical way. It seems to be a need of the stock market, but the truth of the matter is there may not be a macro logic to it. So so to say the market is falling, you'll probably read market reports tonight. The market is falling because the RBA did this or someone said that when the reality is somebody has sold a lot of stock. So that seems to be beyond us to quite understand at this point what the macro backdrop, if there is one behind the recent or the two-day fall in the market. As I wrote this morning, usually these things whip back once the selling is done. And as I wrote this morning, what we have to try and guess is whether the seller is still there today that was there yesterday. And it's quite obvious from today's market, they are still there. It must be a big portfolio. Anyway, the good news is that if it is just a big lump of selling, I can tell you what the brokers do. They sit there and they watch it and they watch it and they watch it. And the moment it starts to run out, they start buying again. So we should at some point get a bit of a whiplash rise in the market if this is just end of financial year selling by some fund. Brokers are always the same. They watch the big orders and the moment the big order is beginning to run out, they get on the front foot and start buying everything. Hasn't happened yet today, clearly. But if today, for instance, we ended with the market flat when we've been down 74 points, you can pretty much guarantee that whatever this selling was ran out in the middle of the day and the brokers knew it and jumped on it. Anyway, everything across the board is down today. The futures this morning were only down seven. So we're down, haven't been, we have been down 70, down 119 yesterday. And that was on the back of the S&P 500 being up 0.37% and the NASDAQ being up 0.95%. So there's no obvious justification. Other little features today, oil price dropped 4%. I banged up a chart of the oil price today. It is just in downtrend. At some point, the energy sector will be worth looking at, but the pivot point clearly isn't here yet. The other thing that is notable from the technical scan section, I do hope you do read the technical scan section. I'm trying to make that as useful as possible to all investors, not just people who are interested in technical buy and sell signals. But the way I'm writing it now is just to give you the anatomy of the market. So today, for instance, on technical scans, and this is worth anybody knowing, not just traders, but worth knowing Dow Jones, NASDAQ, S&P 500, all overbought. Also overbought sectors, metals and mining resources. Resources are overbought. There's actually a bit of a sell signal on resources at the moment in the short term. Also overbought are all the ETFs geared to technology. So ACDC, DRIV, Drive, which is the electric vehicles ETF. Ever since I learned about the FBT on fuel efficient cars below the luxury car limit not applying, I've been looking at car sales far too much. I don't need another car for goodness sake. But there you go. I notice all the electric vehicle manufacturers have priced their cars like the Mercedes EQA is just below the luxury car tax limit, 89,000. So is the Tesla, Tesla Y. So they're all pricing cars for our tax brackets. Anyway, DRIV, the electric vehicles ETF is overbought. Aussie dollar overbought, resources sector overbought. There are some resources sector ETFs, by the way, OZR, QRE. I have traded those in the past. At the moment, they look like short-term sales. And at some point, although it doesn't look like it's happening, but at some point, if the NASDAQ and the big tech stocks suddenly 
finally decide to sell off, although, they, as I say, they do seem very resilient despite being hugely overbought and, and despite there being short-term sell signals on the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. They're holding up quite well, but at some point, if we get a very bad day on Wall Street and it suddenly looks like everything's going to deflate, then SNAS, which is short NASDAQ ETF, and BBUS, which is bear, bearish S&P 500 ETF, will be worth a look. Gold ETFs also oversold. US dollar ETFs also oversold. We've had two sell signals now on the NASDAQ right at the top, but as I say, it doesn't look like it's going to precipitously drop. And the bank sector on a weekly chart not a not a daily chart on a weekly chart does look like it's bottomed maybe we should be buying cba for a run into results although i have to say anybody willingly buying into the current market trend would have to be an optimist to say the least because if you look at the asx 200 chart which is in my section today you'll see whilst we broke above the or we broke the downtrend we're back in the downtrend range again now it was a very quick rip up and rip down but as i say maybe the selling over the last couple of days is going to suddenly stop, in which case we might get a, a bit of a whiplash rally. We'll see. Anyway, enough of technical scans, but the message is do read the technical scan section, particularly the email summary of it. I try to put some useful stuff in there, not as I say, not just for traders. Otherwise, you'll see overnight Powell had his second day of giving test- testimony, this time in front of the Senate Banking Committee, and there is a new global hawkishness confirmed last night by the Bank of England, who raised rates 50 basis points, not 25 basis points. And the bond market thinks they're going to be raising rates fairly savagely into the end of the year. Core inflation in the UK, as as you probably saw yesterday, core inflation hit the highest since 1992. Inflation's not coming down. They are not getting on top of the problem. And Jerome Powell's latest comments have made it clear this week that the Fed skip was not a pause and the RBA are pushing the same message as well. 53% chance of an RBA rate rise on Tuesday week and also Goldman Sachs today and there's another one of the major banks as well predicting three more rate rises from the RBA this year rather than two. So hawkishness is spreading across the world and as I write today a good post-it note to have stuck on your screens on January the 1st post-it notes are short messages that you wish someone had told you or stuck on your screen on a post-it note at the beginning of the trading year so on January the 1st one of the post-it notes we should have had on our screens on January the 1st this year that you they're always clear in hindsight was inflation is going to be much more sticky than the central banks expect that's how the year is is turning out. Other post-it notes, of course, this year would have been AI. Uh, big tech will recover. What an opportunity it was to buy big tech this year after a 33% fall in the NASDAQ last year. Another one would have been Latin resources. Latin resources, 26 cents today. I sold it two weeks ago at 17 cents. Call me a genius. That's 55% I've missed out. Having said that, I made 100% on the trade. I missed the last 55%. Anyway, still running. Lithium doing okay. Henry's covering all that and doing rather a good job of it. Keep reading Henry's stuff. Today, I've got a link in the newsletter saying, please email me with your post-it note. If you've got a post-it note, something you think will make investment simple for the next six months to the end of the year, one good idea makes for a good year. So give us your good ideas 
for the next six months, little post-it notes. So I've had a few of those already and I will publish them if I get enough of them. What do you think should be stuck on my trading screen on July the 1st that will make this year profitable and simple? Strategy portfolios now or still sitting in 32% cash. I'm feeling a lot more comfortable with that the way the market's behaving at the moment. Haven't taken a profit in the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ. Seems to be holding up okay. Doesn't look like the bubble's going to burst. Might deflate a little bit, but doesn't seem like it's going to burst. Macquarie portfolio had a rough day yesterday. Macquarie was down 2.7%. Macquarie down another 1.5% today. Maybe I should just cut it anyway. I'm chewing up the gains I've made in this portfolio this year and not enjoying that at all. But I am confident that at some point this market is going to recover this almost 200 points it's lost in two days. And on so if you sell now, you'll probably find Macquarie's up 3.5% in one day sometime before the end of the financial year. Another week. BHP also uh, holding up, sort of, down 0.6% today. Again, all our hard-earned gains lost so far. Still holding. And still holding Levissa and FMG in the ideas portfolio. I see Levissa was up at one point today quite solidly. It's now down a little bit. And as I say, Fortescue Metals, I have a funny feeling the market is going to all bounce one day in the next few days. Now, uh, I have one idea I've addressed today in the newsletter, which is Magellan Financial Group. I see some people, some of the sensible people started to buy the stock, had a bit of a pivot point in the last couple of weeks and started to rally with a big sell-off yesterday. It dropped 6%, so it might be time to have a crack again. But I put a few numbers in the newsletter today on MFG. It's on a PE of 11, no, 9.3 times yield of 12.6%. Henry talked about it in the call the other day on Ausbiz, talked about it bottoming, stabilizing, not not uh, getting any or attracting any new money, but it looks like anyone who's going to leave the fund has probably left. It needs a rising stock market. Anyway, a few numbers in there. And Audmanet recently was the most recent piece of research, put out a target price 20% above the current share price. I have not bought it. But there you go. Fairly routine sort of humdrum day today. This big slide of selling the most significant thing and hoping that will disappear at some point. In Henry's take today, Henry's absolutely nailed it with Delta Lithium, one of the best performing stocks in the market today, up 21.2%. He included it in the AAAA battery, four, four A's, battery, that means small stocks, battery pack yesterday after what he, or no, they called stunning drill results. No earnings yet, starts to make money next year. PE, if the forecasts are right. The PE is 6.3 times in two years' time. No yield, obviously. And the average target price from the two brokers that cover it, and presumably one or both of them are corporately interested, so they're generally optimistic, but the average target price 30% above the current share price. Anyway, he also writes about Neuron Pharmaceuticals today and the VIX, and he has written a whole section called the Magellan Punt. And this is a trade only for the speculators among you a trade in Magellan Global Fund Options, MGFO. Have a read of Henry's section on that. All right, that's about it. I am trying to get a stock take done on Telstra. Sorry, I, I keep promising these stock takes and then I get through my day and find that they get pushed to the end of the day trying to do a stock take on Telstra. I can pretty much tell you what it's going to say though. Telstra has been performing very well. 
got a gross yield of 6%. PE is 26 times. So the conclusion on Telstra is great income stock. If you hold it for income, you wouldn't sell it. But it's been performing rather well. The PE is a little bit too high. It's trading 18% above intrinsic value. It will sit in anyone's income portfolio. Return on equity is a standard static, fairly static 10-12%. As their recent results said over the last couple of years, they've been getting over their NBN headwinds, financial headwinds. Good stock, bit of a dull stock, steady income stock. Do you buy it today? Looks a bit ritzy for today. Buy on weakness. It's sort of top of the trading range at the moment rather than bottom, so not really an opportunity at this point in time. Now, just to point out, on Tuesday, I published an article from Financial Planner. We are licensed by a group that also licenses Financial Planners. So I had the question from one member, if I hold the CBA and I have a massive capital gain and I'm in accumulation phase, how do I get into pension phase and therefore effectively get rid of the capital gains tax on my CBA holding? So go to Tuesday and have a look at the financial planning article I put in there. I'm hoping to have a few more financial planning articles for you over time. I'm encouraging them anyway. haven't had any more since the first one, but if you want to know how to move into pension phase from accumulation phase and so effectively rid yourself of capital gains tax issues on some of your existing holdings, it's a little bit complex. Go to Tuesday and read my financial planning article. Right, that's about that. Send me your post-it notes for the next six months. Simple advice that will make the next six months easy. I've already got one of them. Hold on to Latin resources. Everybody's fallen in love. Also, look out for the new homepage on Sunday. Looking forward to that. And I will try and get this Telstra stock take done. I've been a bit flat chat this week, but we'll hopefully be able to knock them out for you next week. As I leave you, God, market's still getting sold off. Down 75. That's the low for the day and still going down. Dow futures down 105. NASDAQ down 56. We are not being driven by the US market at the moment. We have got something happening in our market, as I say, probably just a big seller. Latin Resources up another 8% today, 26 cents. Satire up 7.5%. TLG, everyone's asked for a stock take on that, up another 5.1% today. Premium up 3.2% stock market stock. I wrote a stock take on Santos this week saying it was essentially, why would you hold it? Not a growth stock, not an income stock, not a trading stock. Anyway, down 3.9% today. It is correlated to the energy price complex, which is represented by the oil price, even though they're mostly LNG and gas. But those prices move with the oil price. All energy prices tend to move together. So correlate to the energy price and the oil price fell 4% overnight. So today we've got Woodside down 3.6% cent and Santos down 4%. So energy sector taking it in the neck at the moment. Delta Lithium, Henry all over that up 21%, hit a new year high today, as did Latin Resources and Telex. Year lows today, Brainchip, Ramsey Healthcare. Someone's asked for a stock take on that. And Wham, Wilson Asset Management. Wake up, Jeff. That's about that. You have a fabulous day. I will be back with the weekend email tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Watch for this seller finishing and this market bouncing. 